All right. <laughs> Seeing who's going to chime in first there. And we are back and ready to rock. I love that phrase, chime in. Well, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Does that just come from the, you know, like wind chimes, chime in? I would assume, like, like just like burst in, chime in, maybe like a bell. Mm. You know, or, like, the first person ever to say that they're like let me chime in they're like oh chime in okay or maybe like bells on a jester mm. I don't know if only we had like supercomputers in our in our pockets chime in we need to bring back jesters I think, <laughs> I think that's what this world's missing right now Check in on your funny friends, because they're usually the saddest ones. That's true. The funniest clowns on the outside are the saddest on the inside. <laughs> Not to be negative, but... Interesting. Google has no response. That's when you know it's a good question, when the internet cannot tell you the answer. I can get the etymology of chime, which comes from the French symbol. Uh, originally a metal, etc., um, do, 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 to chime to chime in originally was musical join harmoniously in conversation by 1838 uh, so when you chime in it has to be harmoniously or it's not technically chiming in apparently you can't just be like hey well, why do you say that Yeah, that's not chiming in yeah, he came back. That, that's something else. <laughs> so, in other words, you can't be a Karen. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for people named Karen because, like, it's now it's like a negative moniker. Right? It's like, kind of sad. No, for sure. Like, with, um, well, like, with our, our secretary, Karen. Salt of the earth type person. You know, mother of several special needs kids, etc. Works hard. Yet, her name is Karen. Yeah. Mm. So, what's been happening this week? Well, lots of crazy stuff. Some good stuff for you. You know, definitely uh, our brother Will here got two major milestones in his jiu-jitsu career. Two hugely important ones. I peed myself on the mat for the first time. No. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Second time. Wait till no. I go. All right, I'm going to go knee on belly. We'll, we'll, we'll get burritos and then roll, and I'll go knee on belly. Yeah. So. Now, I know for the people that are listening, you came in and you're like, I'm going to listen to the purple belt, Demetrius, and the white belt, Brother Will, <laughs> talk about stuff. You'd be dead wrong. Exactly. You'd be dead wrong about that. Brother Will got promoted, and I'm not going to lie, I was not happy about it. <laughs> Because I wasn't there. Because you weren't there. I know you wanted to do it. I had a baptism coming up and uh, for one of the guys we trained with. Uh, James, heck of a nice guy, good Catholic, you know, literally a SWAT team guy. Yes. 
um catholic swat yeah like he's awesome <laughs> huge saint michael tattoo um and so i'm i'm at the i'm i'm at the the after party with his daughters and his family and all that stuff and and he's just the same off the mat like like you know how he's so friendly like i i, I say he's like a labrador puppy that became a human yeah he is he's like that in the house like he wasn't taking no for an answer he's like oh let me give this let me get this like, dude no i'm fine well let me let me get you a bagel like i i know we're gonna go eat at the restaurant but let me get you a bagel it's like dude i'm good and then there's a bagel in front of me like what am i gonna do like not eat the bagel like it would nice. be funny if like you you know I don't know if you said that to him that he's like a puppy of a person. I haven't, but I did say it one time when he wasn't in the room, and everybody looked at me, and then I can't remember if it was Brian or Bo just went. Now that I see it, I can't unsee it. It'd be funny if like the after party was at a reception hall or something. No, nah, it was at, at um, it was actually at a, a uh, like a pub, really good pizza. They had really good bar pies um it would be funny though if like you thought of him as like a puppy of a person and like you turned around and he's like drinking out of a dog bowl and like you're like james <laughs> what are you doing he's like what are you talking about oh that Not would weird. be <laughs> he is a really nice person though. there's some people you meet that uh the effect they have on you you're like wow i could be way nicer oh yeah yeah like he's <laughs> like i actually like i've said it before like he is what i love to see in a cop you know what i mean yeah he's a nice guy but he knows how to turn the jets on when needed yeah he's not gonna he's not yeah he's gonna make sure he comes home to his family and yeah i mean you can't beat it um where was it so it was at um the reception was that's not the right message I went to a Persian restaurant today. Oh, nice. There's a Persian restaurant in Morristown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking for a drink. And on the menu, it said, didn't have, it didn't have iced tea. It said Persian iced tea. Mm. So I'm like, all right, I'll try that. It was just iced tea. Right. But it's a Persian restaurant. Is this the one in town here? Yeah. But it's like, at that point, do you need to put the word Persian in front of it? No. No. But this was at the Brook Tap House in Fairfield. Oh, Okay. Really good food. We and it's close to the gym. We should hit that one of these days. Mm. Um, but yeah, no. So our buddy Bill here just got promoted the blue belt. That's right. And then you know, which is a huge step. I mean, you've you've had it coming, dude. Like you, you're a hard rule. Now I'm biased because you know my game. You know, we we train together so much. You know, I've trained with you probably what ninety percent of the times you've trained. Mm-hmm. So like you know the tricks I'm going to go for. And it's always funny when you catch me going from like, 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 nope. <laughs> I still remember going for a head and arm choke with you one time. Just, nope, no. you're not getting it. I don't care if you get something else. You're not getting that. Yeah, that's definitely one of the uh, mental skills you build in jujitsu is pattern recognition. Oh, yeah. You know, you see a guy grabbing for something. You're like, okay, he's either going to go for X, Y, Z, or maybe he's faking it. And he's going to do that. And da, 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 da. And that's what makes white belts, like brand new guys, so dangerous to the experienced guys. Because you don't know what they're going to do. Right. Because I'm expecting when I put pressure here, you're going to do this. You know, you're going to go for my game. You're going to, if you know what I'm doing, you're going to respond in this way. If you don't know what I'm doing, you're probably going to react this way. Right. The brand new guy doesn't have any pre-built reaction yet. Mm-hmm. And so like you, you move and then all of a sudden... You're getting a finger to the eye. 
which happened to me like two weeks ago. I'm like, okay, mm. note to self, all right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so amazing. But you know, going with different guys, especially like when you go with like newer guys, it reminded me of the uh, that part in the rule about how the abbot treats different monks. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people really respond to like a hard kick in the butt, or, right? You know, you know, direct criticism. Like, oh yeah, you, the, you don't did, do this. You did this wrong. You got to work on it. Yep. Whereas some people that can like really hurt them. Oh yeah. You know, and so it's the same thing with like rolling with newer guys, like getting a feel for them. Like, okay, maybe this guy has some wrestling experience, so mm-hmm. I can go a little harder. Or, you know, this guy's whatever fifty pounds lighter than I am, so I'm gonna you know, take my foot off the pedal a little bit. Right. No, exactly. And that's one thing I like. I'm at a size and a skill level now where with a lot of guys, once they're past like the complete, what we call spaz stage, where I have no idea what they're going to do, where I have to keep them under absolute control just so they don't hurt themselves. I love being able to like, like I was rolling with one of the newer guys a week ago. Uh, I guess maybe Manny, Manuel, something with an M. Heck of a nice guy. Using a lot of strength. I think it was Manny. Manny? Yeah. He's, uh, like, he's like an Indian guy? Yeah. 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 yeah, he, yeah he's a jeweler. Yeah. 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 Like how many young guys you meet that are like, I'm a jeweler. Dude. Because <laughs> hey. he's probably in his what, 30s maybe? Yeah. yeah. Seems about that. Strong. Yeah. You know. Um, But like, you know, we rolled a bit. I got a couple subs on him. And then eventually I was just like, dude, all right. What position do you feel comfortable in? He's like, really nothing. It's like, all right, we'll pick some. He's <laughs> like... I'll take your back. I was like, cool, go for it. I gave him my back. And I love being able to, like, like as I was working my escape, like, okay, well, no, you're right. You hooked the leg good. Now come up. Like being able to take those quick pointers, teaching moments where I'm not so frantic or endangered, endangered of having to defend myself that I can, in the moment, be like, no, you're doing good. Now follow through. Or like I was rolling with Sam, one of the white belts we train with. Uh, Heck of a nice kid. He's like 17. He's in the adult class because in jiu-jitsu, you start uh, adult at 16. And, uh, you know, smaller kid, but, you know, heck of a nice guy. You have uh, a quinceanera, and then you get your... Well, no, quinceanera is 15. 15. Oh, yeah. 15. Never mind. You have a sweet 16, then you get your belt. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we three to wolves. And uh, I was rolling with him, and he had my back, and he came out. It was that sort of like that come-out escape, like when you get the the leg across and hook on the hip and then you pull the other leg up and uh he had me there and and he was coming out and he was going for the choke and i was like good 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 well now i'm defending this now what do you do and then it clicked and he started just keep switching the arms now because i have this dead raccoon on my chin of my beard i was able to defend the chokes pretty easily but it was it was nice to see him all i needed to do was give that little prompting and it clicked Mm -hmm. you know or us helping uh, one of our guys who's a corrections officer was up here rolling. He's actually the first dude to sign the new from the lawyer's waiver for the mat room. Um, buddy Phil, he was up here and we were working fine tuning some stuff. And again, same thing. Like you get into the position, and, you know, he gets stomped a little bit and like, all right, well, no, you're doing good. You're doing good. Now respond. Okay. Yeah. Don't go that way. Do this way. There you go. Mm. You know, we're working on, um, cause, uh, one of his things, and it comes from his job. Like he, he'll get into like where he's in your knee shield. Knee shield is a type of half guard. It's called shield because you use one leg from the in between his legs over an outside leg, and then you bring 
your outside leg in across their chest and you create a shield, create like a frame, your legs. Well, he'll just sit back and he's a big enough guy that you're not easily going to be able to move him. Mm -hmm. But he'll also keep enough pressure that you can't easily come up either. So like, but it just stalemates. And so we're working on how he can work to peel that leg away and come in and pressure and attack and then some basic responses that I would have in a live role. And, but yeah, but no, so you got that blue belt. That was pretty cool. It was unexpected. It was nice. Uh, you know, as you get older, the little thing, you start to appreciate little things more, I think. And, uh, you know, not that not that getting a promotion is a little thing, but, you know, it's just something nice that, like, encourages you. You know, like, all right, you're doing a good job. You know, you deserve this kind of thing. And you, you know, that's what I like, I love about jujitsu is you really got to work for the belt. Like, it's not... Oh, yeah. Just like you come for a year, then you get the next belt, you know? Yeah, there's no time and grade. I mean, not only wrong. There are some time and grade requirements. Like IBJJF, one of the governing bodies, has a, once you get a belt, you need to be at least this long at that belt. Mm -hmm. And that's creating, that's actually one of the stories I read over the over the past week. I don't know if we talked about it before, but uh, John Danner, one of the best coaches in the country, he uh, moved from New York to um, Austin. He has a girl from Slovenia, Helena. I forget her last name. She's Cravar or something. Cravar, yeah. And her family moved across the country so she could train with John Danner because he offered her a spot on his on his on his team. She's sixteen, by the way. And she's yeah. sixteen. <laughs> and she's won now I might be a little off here, but she's won defended at her weight class, the national the US national blue belt championship, Nogi the National Purple Belt Championship at her weight class, Nogi, twice. She's now taken the Brown Belt Nogi Championship. And she was at IBJJF's World Tournament in uh, Brazil, and she had a clean sweep in her in, in the Blue Belt categories. Clean she, sweep. And she just beat the a Black Belt in that UFC fight night. Yep. You know, just unbelievable. But so Donner was getting questions that, you know, he's sandbagging her. Like, he's just keeping her a blue belt so she can just rack up wins mm -hmm. and i loved his response because he was just like i i definitely think she should be promoted but we're doing ibjf rules so she can compete i can't promote her for x number of months yet just following the rules yep sort of pointing out that like you're making me sandbagger yep <laughs> and the rules are good timing grade is important a minimum number of months or period at a certain rank helps protect so you can't just buy a belt but then you do run in people like helena like grace gunder um who trains out of allentown who's another phenomenal female fighter or like travis stevens who went from being an olympic judo guy to being a brazilian jiu-jitsu guy also on the dinner you know but you get these prodigies like legit prodigies and now you're holding them back just because of time and grade when mm -hmm. they're they're beating people two belt ranks higher yeah now, admittedly, it's hard to compare belt for belt because, like, what's like we were talking about this actually at the gym. We used to have a guy that trained with us who was pushing eighty, Anthony, double knee replacement, like, like old dude, heck of a nice guy. But like, like Bo said, what he was looking for to give him a blue belt would be very different than what he was looking for to give somebody like me or you a blue belt mm -hmm. because you know like, the expectations are different, right? You know, it's just like if you're in a competition team like Helena and like, you know, Gordon Ryan, stuff like that, your belt ranks are going to be a lot harder to win 
than somebody that's just showing up in a weekend warrior. Yeah. But it's definitely, it is that nice little candy in it. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's like, it's something, it's, again, it's, it, it means something because it's not just given to you. You really, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like a birthday present or something. It's something that you didn't really earn. Yep. You know. And I love the fact that at least the way we do it at Belt Quest and the way a lot of other schools do it, you don't know when it's coming. Like, you don't go to, like, a promotion ceremony and be like, oh, I get my straps today. Mm-hmm. I get my belt today. Yeah, it 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 finds you working. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, somebody said that about writing. Like, inspiration inspiration will find you working. Like, you can't just sit there and expect to divine some kind of amazing, you know, thing to write. But if you're working, it will increase your chances of that coming. Yep. And I have found that like, if you quit caring about it, you progress so much better. Yeah. Now it's important to care, but like I remember. Bo, before, when I was still just a, a, a two-striper on my blue belt, he was there, like, dude, if you really want your purple belt, you got to work on this and this and this. And I just looked and I was like, dude, you've been giving me a stripe a year. Like, I got time. I got two more stripes and then, I, like, I got, like, three years, dude. Like, I'm just going to work my game. And, like, a week later, he, he put a stripe on me and I was like, okay. Mm. That's his way of saying, nah. Work it, you yeah. know? But, it is nice. Like, again, like, I got my purple belt, like, like you did. You were doing no gi. You didn't have a belt on you. And, uh, you know, I remember I was in Turtle. He told me to go to Turtle, demo a move. Next thing I know, I, I feel like a cloth coming under my neck, choking me. I'm like, it's no gi. Yeah. I look up, and he's choking me with my own purple belt. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's a cool moment. I remember doing that. We did a uh, seminar uh, up in uh, Hackettstown. And, uh, oh, uh, NJ Ronan. Owner, the owner. You know, it was like a big thing because it was like his grand a grand opening, and mm-hmm. you know he had a bunch of black belt teachers there, and mm-hmm. he was a uh, purple belt, and he was being shown something or showing something or helping somebody, and the bow came over and slapped him on the back. Now, in some you watch some videos that uh, when a guy gets a belt, like people form two lines. Yep, and then like the, the guy takes his shirt off and he like just walks down the gauntlet, belt and then everyone slaps him with the belt. Yep, I like, I like that. There's something about that. I, don't know. I wanted to do that. Yeah, I wanted to beat you with it. <laughs> I did. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's and actually that's how Danny tends to do it. Uh, the guy that got promoted, uh, Danny, uh, I think it's Johnson's last name. Uh, he runs NJ Ronan. That was like the third time he had to reopen his gym because like every spot he got, by the time he got things in order. Like the first one, pandemic killed him. And then the second one, the condo association started giving him heck. Like, well, you're using this more, more and more and more business. Da, 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 da. I was like, Ugh. So now he finally got a space where he's mm. pretty well committed. And it's a great facility. If you're in the Hackistown area, NJ Ronan, a lot of great guys. They got a lot of good stuff. They got judo. They got jujitsu. Um, you know, they got a steam sauna. They got an infrared sauna. They got a cold tank, I think. Mm. I mean, they got... They got a nice setup. Yeah. Um, some weights. But definitely, definitely, um, you know, but yeah, no, that was Jamie Cruz. Jamie told him he's going to show him a mount escape that works every time. And so he had uh, Danny get on him and mount. And like, no, tight, 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 tight. Like, really tight. Like, hold mm-hmm. on, tight. And then Bo just comes out and just starts beating him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was awesome. And it's like a communal thing. Like everyone's happy for you. Yeah. You know, and 
because again we know they're not just given out like yeah. you, you you sweat you bled for it you, yeah. you know you did what you had to do bust it up in fact that's your other major milestone like you finally <laughs> I, I literally well uh, yeah i literally bled for it well after it i guess yeah but uh i got my first uh case of a uh, cauliflower ear yeah which uh you've probably seen it in like wrestlers and stuff or mma guys get it mm -hmm. and some guys like to wear it as like a badge a badge of honor some guys like the look yeah you know, like it makes you look tougher oh yeah you know and you're like you see a guy at a bar and he's got the ear and you're like all right i'm not messing with this guy this guy's been in a couple fights well there was great dash cam video of that from like la a couple years back it was like a road rage thing and both guys got out and you could see on the camera like they both realized each one had just two gnarled ears up mm. and so like the confidence broke right away like they no longer were like ready to just straight up throw they're like I almost did like the like standoff, like the Spider-Man pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do that, but they just looked at each other and they both were like, mm, "Yeah, we're gonna be on the same team." Good, yeah. You're good. Yeah. yeah. And they just got back, and I think there's something about that too, just that camaraderie that comes from having the confidence to be willing to fight, but also that willingness not to fight needlessly. Then, yeah, yeah, you know. And you know, usually you can get it from like blunt force trauma, from like you know someone punching you mm -hmm. in the ear. Mm -hmm. you know and it like breaks down the cartilage and then and and blood kind of forms in its yep. in its wake and well, uh well it's because the cartilage of the ear the only way it gets blood supply is by the tissue on top of it so what happens is either by getting hit by getting ripped like one of the times i always got to make sure i wear headgear is if we're drilling uh like guillotine escapes like i know like time after time after time i'm going to be having to pop out of someone's guillotine um, because when the cartilage just gets, keep getting rolled over and pulled, rolled over and pulled, rolled over and pulled, the skin, the tissue that feeds the blood supply can separate off. And then the, the swelling, the cauliflowerness is actually because it's trying to reach back out and grab that tissue. Right. That's actually how you finally ordered a set. I've been telling you to get a set for a while. The collie buds work. Mm -hmm. They're uh, neodymium magnets wrapped in rubber that you put on and they pinch the skin back onto the cartilage yeah and let it heal now it'll cauliflower up a little bit but it doesn't it you know it has to go you know a thousandth mm. a thousandth of an inch rather than you know a quarter of an inch right yeah so you kind of get this like uh swelling in your ear and mine was painful on sunday so i went to like a urgent care and uh you know they just numb it up and put a mm -hmm. needle in it and drain it and it's like you know blood and and not as another liquid i know it starts with an s i think sedum sedum something like that sebum sebum yeah, yeah sebum something like that which i don't know what that is but it's kind of yellow clear lymph yeah it's your lymphatic system so and then uh you know you put some ice on it or mm -hmm. take some some meds so yeah that was cool too they know any of our wrestlers are laughing at you right like, oh, you had like, oh yeah yeah i remember my first time yeah <laughs> like, oh and you had to go get somebody to do it you just didn't have a syringe in the car yeah a lot of guys i was looking at like you know online forums and they're like just go pick up some syringes from rite aid and like yep you know do it yourself get a couple alcohol swabs and mm. i don't think i could trust myself to do that but. yeah i'm not i'm crazy but i'm not that crazy yet and i'm not even bad with needles like i used to have uh Petite mall seizures as a kid, uh -huh. which is like not epileptic seizures where you're like down on the ground, like, yeah. you know, but, uh, so I used to take medication for that. And then like, 
I guess part of that was getting blood work every few weeks. Uh-huh. So I got a lot of blood work as a kid. So needles for me were never like a big thing. But even then, like, I don't know if I could put it in my own ear and do that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to do allergy shots every year. Not every year, every week. And she couldn't, even though she's a nurse, she couldn't ever stick herself. Like she'd always flinch. Mm. So that was always my job was to throw it like a dart into her arm and throw it like a dart into her arm. Yep. That's how she told me. <laughs> Like from a distance? No, oh. no, no. Like sitting oh, there. Just yeah. like, but instead of like pushing, just like just, that oh, yeah. quick flick. Because mm-hmm. it had to get in the skin to the tissue, but it didn't have to go deep. You're not trying to really. Right. She's like, don't you it slam it. There. Don't you stab me yeah. with it. It's not like in the, uh, you know, like when you watch like a war movie and the guy gets shot and they give him like the morphine. Right. You know, you know bite yeah. the cap off pff, yep. and then jab it, you know. Or like yeah. uh, that scene in um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Mm. Where she, she like dies i guess oh yeah in the heart yeah and then they like stab her with the thing and you know yeah. she's back to life oh yeah but welcome to the jiu-jitsu world yeah if you keep at it you're gonna get hurt yeah i mean i just had that mri done on my shoulder uh partly due to jiu-jitsu and luckily everything's stable you know ac joint they said is messed up and clearly uh clearly a result of trauma but it's mm-hmm. healed and there's uh, just a lot of swelling so now we get to play Russian roulette with a, uh, with a, uh, not Russian roulette, but basically roulette <laughs> with uh, anti-inflammatories till we find a combo that works. And it, it was funny because I actually made the nurse practitioner and uh, uh, Dr. Willis at uh, Tri-County laugh a little bit because they're like, well, you know, how conservative do you want to treat it? Because we could do a debridement to maybe get that inflammation out, take that, you know, take part of the clavicle out and, you know, clean up the cartilage and stuff. And I was like, I look, I was like, but you're telling me the rotator cuff is clean? Yep. Labor room's clean. It's like, yeah, I mean, a little scarring, but yeah, it's clean, no tears. It's like, then you know what? Let's just wait till you have to do one of those. Then you can debris it. Mm. And I was like, well, hopefully it never comes to that. I'm like, yeah, hopefully it doesn't. But I know what I do for fun. It's like, I hope I never have to get a meniscus repair. Mm-hmm. But I know the odds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason you look at like some of the old guys in the gym and the ones that were really, really good their whole life. Yeah, they're fine. Like Hickson, you know, Hickson or Jean-Jacques Machado, those guys, like they never had to get surgery. Although Hickson now I think has Parkinson's. Yeah. 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 Crazy there. Um, I love, I love listening to the, those guys talk about jujitsu. Jujitsu, yeah. <laughs> One of the things that annoys me, maybe it's because I'm an English teacher and maybe uh-huh. it's because like yeah, a lot of young kids do this now is... uh shortening words that don't need to be shortened mm. you know so like a lot of people call it jits you go into jits what no like, no yeah no. or like you know and they say like we brought a bunch of sandos for sandwiches and oh. it's like i don't know it just annoys me like it's like because it's like you're trying like you're trying to sound hip or like you're trying trendy. to make it a thing yeah it's like it's just yeah yeah it reminds me of like mean girls you know quit trying to make that a thing yeah 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 uh, maybe we're the mean girls. Well, case. I mean, you know. Everyone's got a little mean girl in them. Truth. Truth. Well, they, they filmed, I think, part of like the new one here, didn't they? Yeah, the musical, I think. Yeah. That was pretty cool. They were on they were on campus for a while. And I guess Tina Fey wrote it. Mm. Now there's an interesting story behind that because the woman who wrote the original, she signed she signed her life away basically. Yeah. And for not that much money. Yeah. And she didn't like 
like she sold the idea in the original high school musical but she's not getting anything after that like, right she won't get anything from this movie yeah she gets no back end and she's now she's sitting there like you know i should i got a better lawyer for this you know signed a better contract you know well that's the problem isn't it like everybody's so happy you finally are getting like your big break and you think it's going to continue like you're going to get like the next one the next one i finally get my name out there and you sell your soul for that first one and mm -hmm. then you're you know i mean look yeah. at even like the you know like the beatles it happened to the beatles in fact there's a famous story of uh i think it was john lennon actually telling uh maybe it was paul mccartney i think it was paul mccartney telling uh Michael Jackson, you know, don't make the mistakes we made. You know, keep your rights. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And so he did. Michael Jackson kept the rights to all his music. <laughs> he went and bought all the Beatles copyright. Yeah. Um, I guess Paul was like, that's not what I meant, man. Mm. Not, you're you're going to like give them as a gift to me? No. <laughs> Were you a Beatles guy? Do you like Beatles? I, I got to be in the mood, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely, like, like, I actually liked, um... That Beatles movie that came out recently? I think we went to see it together. Oh, we the did. one with the uh, Indian guy. Yeah. He wakes, and he wakes up and... He's the only one who can remember them. The Beatles, yeah. That's an, actually an interesting premise for a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like them, like some of their songs. And I get that they were kind of, you know, a new thing when it came out. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, compared to like some of the music now, it's like, well, it's just kind of like basic rock music, you know? Right. I mean, and that's one thing... You know, with a lot of bands, I think, um, if they have a major influence, then they sound similar to a lot of other stuff. Yes. But you got to keep in context. Influence so many people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like even like, um, oh, what's his name? He's a blues guy. Um, Bo Diddley? No, 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 no. He has a song, uh, Hellhound at My Door. Oh, Gary Clark Jr. Is it? it doesn't. No. I don't think that's it. Um, it is. Oh, it's Hellhound on My Trail, Robert Johnson. Mm. But like, you listen to how he plays the guitar, and then you listen to like Zeppelin and stuff like that. You could see the influence. Riffs are there, yeah. Which Led Zeppelin, I think that's one of, not just because they're an awesome band, but I think that that, that name mm -hmm. is a great name. Yeah. Because you got like a Z word in it. You know, mm -hmm. how many words begin with a Z or how many bands have, you know, a word with a Z in it? Led Zeppelin. Just mm -hmm. something about it that sounds cool and like electric. And also just contradictory because like a Zeppelin is a flying a blimp. Yeah, it's right? a blimp. It's like the lead blimp. Like, right. It's like, a yeah, there's no such thing as a. Right. <laughs> yeah. Though Mythbusters did make a lead balloon one time that flew. It was really cool. It took like the entire warehouse and was like hyper thin. Mm. But they did make a floating lead balloon. And connection here, there's that guy on the on Mythbusters that looks like a walrus. Beatles had that song, I Am, mm. the, I am the Walrus. I Am the Eggman. I'm sure they were stone sober for that. <laughs> I Am the Walrus, Coo 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 Choo. Yeah. Right at, you know, they wrote that after getting out of Sunday Mass. Sure. <laughs> well, it's like I remember like cringe moments one time. I was saying mass and again, not to be mean to the people that did it. Like they did what they did. Like it is what it is. And I'm not going to say where or who, but like they started playing Here Comes the Sun. At like, mass? After mass for their sessional. 
I'm like, oh. yeah. I'm I like, don't like that. No, 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 no. Please, no. It's too like hippie. Mm-hmm. No. Give me a nice organ blast. Yep. And let me go on my way. Well, it's like this time of year, man. Like I hate to say it, but like I hate that every parish basically uses the same entrance or recessional hymn. Hymn that to me does not belong at mass. Do you know what one? No. America the Beautiful. Oh, really? I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that either. I mean, I like the song, but not in the context of church. Same here. Yeah. Good song. Good, like, fireworks song. Yeah. Like that when, well, that was the song from the Sandlot, July 4th. Yeah. Fireworks, Ray Charles. Yeah. That was a really good uh, rendition of that. But, yeah. Ray Charles blind, Stevie Wonder not blind. That's the conspiracy theory. Stevie Wonder is not blind. And also space doesn't exist. Like the concept of space or like outer space? Outer space. Well, you really have become a jiu-jitsu <laughs> guy, huh? You ever been there? I mean, uh. not yet. <laughs> not yet. You've only seen pictures. This is true. This is true. I have I have only seen pictures. <laughs> no, I believe outer space exists for the, the listeners out there that are worried about my mental health. Though I do love, actually, speaking of uh, of uh, space, one of my favorite pictures is the Russians on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. They brought up a picture, an icon. It's a it's a copy. It's not a real icon. It's it's a print, but it's of because um, again, weight like you're not shipping wood up, so it's like that like the paper, but it's of a Christ Pan Creator, Christ Creator of the world, and it's right above the window that looks out over the world. Eh. and i love that because it's like like to me too like again like to get a little word off topic but it's like that whole like these are clearly like some of the best scientists on the planet for us to be willing to send them off planet uh. <laughs> i'm like even though like yeah no here's god we pray here yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm impressed by those guys that go to you know they spend how long how long do they typically spend up there you know six months Sometimes. I mean, they're, they're, they're usually limited because, I mean, just the amount of muscle astro- a- a- atrophy. Yeah, that word. Yeah. Um, that you get is just ridiculous because your body's lazy. And, like, if you're not using it, you lose it. So, like, they have major workout routines, all that stuff to maintain bone mass. and. Yeah, because, like, you know, you're up there and it's, you know, you're in tight quarters with people and, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, not doing the normal Going to the park and getting fresh air and, yep. you know, everything's kind of tight and controlled and... Oh, yeah. I guess you can't be, can't be claustrophobic if you're, if you're an astronaut. Well, there's a good comedian. He asked the question. I was like, I wonder if up on the space station, the men do certain t- man things. <laughs> and what's great is just there was a guy in the, com- in, the, in the audience who was an astronaut and he just gave a response. Yep. <laughs> what did he say? Yes, we do. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You might not have heard that, but we literally heard a, yes, we do. <laughs> have you been? Like, how can you say we? He's like, yeah, no. Da, da, da. And he goes into, and the guy's like, well, there we go, people. <laughs> but yeah, it's tight quarters. It's tight. I mean. You know, the environment, It's. I'm sure it's, there's got to be something a little depressing about it because there's just space everywhere you look yeah and if anything goes wrong you die 
Mm -hmm. Like you can't, it's like, you know, I used to do scuba diving a lot. And it's like when you, you do like an ice dive and like you're literally, you dig a hole in the ice and you go in. If something goes wrong and you can't get back to that hole, you can't exactly just breathe water. Right. Space, same thing, man. Like, you know, something goes wrong. You get a fire, you get lack of O2, you run out of water, you run out of food. Yep. Can't go to the 7-Eleven. Nope. That's another uh, a tidbit I heard about guys in space, and they asked the guy, what does space smell like? Ooh. And he said it just smells burnt. Uh I mean, I guess that makes the make, makes sense. It's not like it smells like saffron and lavender. <laughs> you know, it's like no, it smells burnt. Everything's burning and dies. That's why. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it though. Like, I mean, smells would probably be interesting because you got that many people. Like, not and no, it's not a large number, but again, tight, tight spaces, months on end. Water's rationed, so you can't just like shower. Yeah. Like, even if you're taking care of yourself, like the bacteria in your skin is going to create a musk. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a smell. I'm actually surprised Elon Musk hasn't capitalized off his last name for a cologne. Oh, that would be cool. Elon Musk for men. Yeah. Just call it Elon. Elon. <laughs> so Elon, do you think uh, speaking of Elon, get back to smell like, like money and uh, something else? <laughs> it would probably be obscenely expensive. <laughs> like 100% oud oil. Yeah. So do you think Musk and uh, Zuckerberg are actually going to fight? You know, I saw a picture today. It was Danaher, mm -hmm. um, Lex Friedman, mm. I think George St. Pierre, and Elon Musk. And they were on a jiu-jitsu mat. And we, I already know that that Zuckerberg, and it wasn't AI generated. I, and I, you know, Zuckerberg already, like, he competes and stuff, so he knows, yeah. he knows stuff. He's a wipeout. I think he's a wipeout. I feel like that's would be a that's a very good sport for him because there's a lot of thinking in it. He's kind of a you know a brainy kind of guy. Cere oh yeah, cerebral guy. Oh yeah. Well, Musk has been doing like more fight workouts since he started trying to slim down after he bought Twitter. Yeah, he was he was pretty heavy at one point. Yeah. We get it. You own you own all those companies. Got to probably stress eat a little bit sometimes. Truth. Plus, he has like twelve kids. Yeah. But, I mean, I'd, I'd pay to watch that. Musk Zuckerberg. Yeah. And it's just so funny because people are going to watch that. And they're oh, going to yeah. make so much money. Like the guys, you know, the richest guys in the world are making that much more. Maybe they'll do like a charity thing or something. But, That's what know. I'm hoping they do. Yeah. I'm hoping they do it like charity. Like, loser has to donate $20 million to make a wish or something like that. You know, like, you pick a charity and then the loser donates X amount to your charity. So, like, if you get knocked out, you have to pay, like, the highest. You get subbed, second highest. Mm. Goes to decision, it's, like, half of, like, if you got knocked out. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be awesome. And then, like, all pay-per-view sales or whatever go to the charities. Yeah. You know, like, pick it. Like, because, again, there are some amazing charities that do awesome work. I mean, again, you know, pressed. You know, my brother and I has helped raise over 100K for Make-A-Wish. And it's, you know, a lot of cool stuff out there. Or, you know, as a charity in PA, and I think I talked about it before, but their whole mission is they give um, suitcases to children in foster care. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because most of them use garbage bags. Yep. Yeah. But so something like that, like I could see, and that's a way for them to help people without 
being overt. It's overt, but not. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I kind of want to see him fight. Yeah, and Dana White was get was people were giving him flack because I guess at one point, you know, after like the, it was Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather, I think mm-hmm. fought. He was like, you know, that's what's wrong with boxing now is these novelty fights and it's you know ruining the integrity of the sport mm-hmm. and da 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 da. And then they're like, later they're like, would you do the Zuckerberg Musk fight? He's like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I guess it gets to, you know, what you think the essence of boxing or mixed martial arts is. You know, is it all about you know we need to bring the best martial artists together to showcase them? You know, or can there be an element of novelty where we get, you know, Logan Paul and. Floyd Mayweather, Butterbean, and, you know, right. whatever else. Now, my thing with the whole Mayweather thing, though, is, I mean, the thing I don't like is that those novelty fights counted for his official record. Yeah. So, like, him going against McGregor counted for his 50, beating no. Rocky Luciano. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Like, really? Like, come on. That's phoning it in. Yeah. That would be like if, like, you know, you're going for the home one record and they just start lopping balls at you. Yeah. And I'm sorry, there's got to be an element of scripting in these. Oh, for sure. You know, like, because these guys both look at each other and say, we could make a ton of money if we fight. Yeah. But we want to keep making money. So, you know, maybe pull off, you know, you know, bring it down a little bit. Yeah. You know, the intensity. We don't want to knock the guy out and concussion and da, 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 like. There's got to be an element of like, like a WWE back, you know, backstage deal yep. element to it. Well, that's one thing I don't like about sort of the new era of MMA is that it's gotten a lot like that boxing, like that all talk up before the fight, that hyping, the yeah. hype, hype, hype. I, I do miss the old days where it was just people showing mutual respect and like you didn't have the drama. Now you didn't get the same sales. Like again, you know, it's a business. They're going to go where the money is, but I do miss the old era where guys wouldn't speak bad of each other, where you didn't have bad blood, where, you know, if a dude got knocked out cold, the first guy given care was the dude that knocked him out cold. Yeah. I miss those days. Because, like, you hear stories of even people like uh, McGregor. You know, apparently, like, when he's not putting on a show, he's actually one of the nicest guys out there. Seems like. It seems like a very generous dude. I mean, he got hit by a van last year. And the guy was like freaking out, and Connor's like, "Nah, dude, it's it's fine, it's whatever." You jacked up my bike, though. Um, can, can you give me like a lift? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, he seems like a very you know blue collar guy. Yeah. You know, he likes the finer, you know, the yachts and the yeah. jewelry and the clothes and stuff. But there's something very, I think, like kind of like, you know, he's the he's the buddy that grew up around the corner from you, kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's how we got into that big trouble with uh, throwing the like the dolly at the UFC truck. Turns out that wasn't about a fight, he, a beef he had. It was because one of his best buddies had a beef with one of the guys there and like problems spun out of control. And he's like, no, nah, don't you get involved. You got a fight coming up. You can't get banned. I'm a big enough name. They ain't going to kick me out. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, But I do think like he spends the money and likes the nice stuff. I, I think partly because I think he wants to give that to his kids. Oh yeah. He talks about that all the time. Like he was like, I want to take care of my kids, 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 you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Because, like, he, you know, he grew up not having it. Mm-hmm. And I think he definitely wants to make sure his kids have it. You know, my dad was the same way. My dad grew up, 
you know, not to put him on the on the break here, you know, but he grew up not with really a lot of money. You know, they they did what they had to do to keep, you know, cool in the house and food on the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that was, yeah, we'll say ethically questionable. But, you know, conversely, like he don't, you know, he, he worked like a dog. He's, you know, he's retired now, but, you know, he, he made sure that like, again, he saved every penny he could for my ordination and stuff like that. Even this day, like, you know, speaking about being busted up, because uh, one of the things they told me is wrong with my shoulders, just a lot of swelling. So I was talking about how I might try to save up for one of those ice machines like you get for like pitchers. Yeah. And he's like, well, how much are they? And I was like, dude, da, da, da. and I told him, and he's like, well, I was like, well, how about, how about we go half, dad? I, I was like, I think I can swing half. I was like, well, but let me think on it. Let me think on it. And the next day, he's like, do you, do you think yet? He's like, yeah, I'm still thinking on it. Next day, call him, because I call home every night. He's just like, just get it. I told your mom I'm buying it, so put it on the credit card. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, just get it. But even that, it kind of reminds me of like what we were talking about before with the Bell Promotions. Like, It means something, mm-hmm. you know, because the guy sacrificed for it, or, you know, he didn't have right. a lot, and he, you know, put put money together. and Right. You know. Well, again, my chalice means so much more to me because I know my dad saved up his overtime for it. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't come from money. So, like, for my dad to use probably... To be honest, probably about half his yearly salary to buy my chalice is mind-blowing to me. It's just mind-fouling. Now, I'm sure mom helped. I'm sure, you know, but for my family to do what they did, when there were cheaper options, because mm-hmm. they didn't have to let me do what I did, is just mind-blowing. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, again, like you said, when you when you have to save up for something, it matters. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, some of the nicest guys I know are the guys that grew up poor as dirt. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that always put a beer in front of you, bring out cheese and crackers or something when you're in the house. And it's not a negotiation. Like, you you will drink this beer. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that have the least amount of money. But what they have, they share. And I think those people know that, but no, especially, like, it'll come back around to you. Yeah. You know, you give a guy something, and even though you don't have a lot, that eventually it will come back around. Yep. Well, I think we we can't lose that. We need that. You know, like um, Sebastian Junger in his book Tribe, actually, I, I love how he describes when you know you're a member of a tribe. And he's like, a member of a tribe gives his last food to another member when he's hungry. And then eats that guy. Well, I mean, you know, it's been a long time since we had cannibalism, but, you know. <laughs> He's like, you're giving this to me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just eat it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're just fattening him up for... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, enjoy yourself. I know, I'm a really good person. <laughs> oh, you're very good. Uh, reminds me of that movie title, Cannibal Holocaust. Have you ever seen this? Dude, I downloaded that in college. I never watched it, but just the name to me is... I still have it. Can- it sounds like a death metal band. I still have it. It's, it is... So we downloaded it. Actually, my buddy Bryson downloaded it because he read how it was banned and how like the producers and like the directors were actually arrested for a while and charged with murder. Um, now some of the effects, like clearly you can tell, like nowadays, like we're desensitized to it. So like, well, nah, that's fake. But like when that came out in like the seventies, like dude, slasher, slasher, like like brutal, yeah, raw, violent. 
Well, yeah, I'm sure I have it somewhere on a yeah. hard drive. It's wow. it's it's not uh, there's no there's no uh, reruns of it on the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime. Yeah, I, d- I doubt that. I doubt that. That's like asking for Disney to put out Song of the South again. <laughs> it ain't happening. Uh, um, but no, that's that's a sick movie, dude. I've seen it. Um, there's another one. Um, it's called one of the darkest movies ever made. It's like a Russian cinema movie about sort of like a the days of World War Two, and just like the like raw brutality of the soldiers, like. Both sides just being brutal to the civilians. And like, again, that's one of the ones where you watch it like, oh, dude. I remember feeling like that playing that one Call of Duty. Like when you start off the first level of Stalingrad. Oh, yeah. There's just something about that, like the the graphics and the music and like, like, man, this is. And I'm playing a video game and I'm feeling it. Right. You know. Well, that's like I missed the old Medal of Honor. Did you ever play like the oh, original yeah. Medal of Honor? Yep, Medal of Honor. That was that was kind of a groundbreaking game. Dude, it was awesome back in the day. For PlayStation 1. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I still have a PS1 here. And I have my PS Go now. Like I reactivated my PS Go uh, to play the PC games. You have a PS1 here? Yeah. Where? In my bedroom. Oh. I had it out here for the longest time. You don't even touch the Xbox behind your head. A PS1? Really? Yeah. What, what games do you have for it? Uh, Apocalypse, Crash Bandicoot, uh, which I now have on the um, Switch, um, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, mm. Guitar Hero. Nope, Guitar Hero is for that. I got a couple. PlayStation 1 was a great system. Mind-blowing at the time. Metal Gear Solid. Dude. That was an awesome game. I remember playing that with my dad. And it was like There were some games, There was like it was a couple different discs. Yeah. Long, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Metal Gear, I think was it was it might have been four discs. Metal Gear Solid, three or four, three or four. It was several. And I remember there's that one, um, there's that one boss that you fight, Psycho Mantis, mm. and it like it's like a psychic, mm-hmm. right? So and memory, remember the PlayStation One, you had those memory cards. Yep. Right. So let's say you had on your memory card, you saved a game. You know, say you're playing Crash Bandicoot, yep. and you saved a game. Then you go to Metal Gear Solid, and you're playing, and you, and you go against the boss. Yep. And it did this thing where it read your memory card, and yep. the boss goes, oh, Snake, I see in your spare time you like to play yep. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. And when you're 10. That blows you, your mind. Like, like, you don't know what's going on. You're, like, you're freaking out. shutting off the PlayStation yep. and running out of the house. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was OG. <laughs> Yeah, me and my brother both had uh, PS1s. My dad got tired of us fighting over video games when we had a Sega Master System. Uh, so for Christmas one year, we we both got PS1s. And the rule was they had to stay in our bedrooms. Oh, you both got, you both got one. We both got one. Mm. And they were hooked up on our e- individual TVs in our bedroom, and that's where they had to stay. Like, I was like, no. You each got this. You each got two controllers. You can have your friends over. I don't care. But I do not see this downstairs. Yeah. That's for mommy and daddy. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid was really good. I was really into Final Fantasy VII. That was a great game. Final Fantasy IX was good. Nine, ten, ten, ten destroyed my roommate's life. Ten. That was for PS2, right? That was PS2. That was, like, that was the, the open world one. Yeah. Dude, I went away. He stayed there for break. I think it was spring break or something. I came back, and he had like 120 play hours. Wow. Like a week. Yeah, because the Final Fantasy is the kind of game where like side quests and you want to get every yeah. item and da, yeah, da, da, da. and that one didn't have scaling. So like if you went to the wrong area, like you just got destroyed. Like goodbye. 
Some finance guy I heard made a good point. He's like, people will spend a hundred hours on a video game getting, you know, like, you know, a special ruby that, you know, whatever, but they will not, you know, like yep. get a retirement account like, yep. and put away actual money, you know? What's that say about our culture, man? I don't know. I think it's, well, maybe we're looking for an escape. <laughs> Definitely think so. Which is good sometimes, you know, a lot of people like, are like against escapism, but I think you got to have that. Oh, there's nothing. That. There's nothing like it. And like the good old days, like when like before, like you had all the online accounts, like when like, like you had the guys over to play rock band or guitar hero and like you duel. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so much fun. Or like Wii sports. Yeah. Oh, Wii sports was, was a lot of fun. The now, bowling and the tennis, baseball. So we had a rule though. My, my friend Megan, the Salvo, uh, they had a, in college, they had a Wii. And, uh, but the problem was that small college, like, you know, college apartment. So like, you don't like space is at a premium, you know? So the rule became though, that we, if we were going to play bowling, we had to rearrange all the furniture mm -hmm. because I think in like two months time, like three separate people broke their hands on backswings. Yep. Yeah. You got to watch <laughs> out for that. Well, there was that whole, like, it was like a pandemic of people throwing the controller through the TV. Oh yeah. Cause oh, yeah. the wrist strap on. Yep. You know? But, like, Nintendo, to me, there's always something so fun about it. Like, well, the Nintendo systems, whether it's Ninten regular Nintendo or SNES or mm -hmm. Wii. Like, there's, you can tell that the people who designed it had, like, they just want the user to have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, well the new, uh, the new uh, Zelda game, apparently it was finished over a year and a half ago. They spent over a year bug testing because the developers were tired of games coming out half completed. I'm like, <gasps> but that's Nintendo. Yeah. That's proper Nintendo. That's not outsourced Nintendo. Like they outsource Pokemon, all that stuff, but that's proper Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo, let's not lie, as a company, they they stay out of the politics system. Like I, yeah. I got to respect that. They, they just like, no, we want to make silly, stupid games that people enjoy. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. We don't have messages. We don't have like, oh, you know, here's your social commentary. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, we got Italian plums that are going to jump out of the sewer. Yeah. Like, and they're going to fight a giant dinosaur that breathes fire. I would have loved to have been in that meeting where it's like, you know, Nintendo pre-Mario. <clears throat> Anyone got any ideas? All right, guys. Uh, nobody? Uh, Gary in the corner there. What do you think about this? What do you think? <laughs> Little fat Italian plumber jumps through pipes and he like jumps on turtles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my God, you're getting a raise. Yep. And it just takes off from there. Well, Nintendo was notorious for that. Like classic game of my generation. The OG Game Boy. Yeah, the, the yellow screen, green yep. screen. Do you know what the original designer's original job at Nintendo was? What? Janitor. He was a janitor, but he was like an electrical genius just on his, like, it was his hobby. So he jerry-rigged an OG Nintendo, like a NES, well, Super Famicom, and he made a little screen for it. And he made it so that it, it was like quasi-portable, and he was there on his break, just playing it, just like chilling in the hall, because he was on his break, but he didn't want to like, I guess he was on the wrong side of campus or whatever. He didn't want to go back to like the break room. Mm -hmm. So just chilling, the CEO walked by and was like, what is that? 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, 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 not in trouble. What is that? Well, I, 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 I fiddled with all this stuff. I tweaked all this stuff, and you know, it plays the cartridges. Come to my office right now. <laughs> the guy just saw dollar signs. He's like, well, no, no, and and the guy, and he's like, you know, you're not in trouble. <laughs> you're getting a different job. Come with me. Yeah. And guy stayed a janitor. He stayed a janitor. But he let Nintendo license his product. Yeah. And it became the Game Boy. It's funny you said that it was quasi-portable because you look at the Game Boy now and it looks like, you know, a freaking tank. Oh, yeah. Compared to the latest Game Boy. Yeah. Well, you had the original Game Boy. You had Game Boy Advance. Yep. You had the Game Boy Flip. So you had the half. Game Boy. Game Boy Advance. Game, Game Boy, Boy Color. Color. Uh, Game Boy DS. DS. Which was a flip. Um, and then you had... There's another one after that. That was so fun. Game, you know, you're 10 years old, you got your Game Boy, mm -hmm. you know, driving home from something, your parents in the back, it's nighttime, you got yep. the little light. Yeah. You know, something about that. Well, it, it was simple. Yeah. And, and I will say that, like, Game Boy, like, do you remember, like, the, uh, the Sega system, the Sega, was it Sega Go or whatever it was? Sega. Sega had one. As did PlayStation. PlayStation had oh, a PSP. Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, handheld? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh. What Sega's called? Oh, Game Gear? Yes, yeah, the Game Sega Gear. Game Gear. Yeah. But the thing was, with they had better graphics. They had better detail. They had, I still preferred my Game Boy. Mm. It was just, Nintendo did it. They knew what they did. And they kept it simple. They kept the game simple. Because at a certain point, when, when you're in a car and it's bouncing around, you don't want a game where you got to be like high-end, like, high control yeah you ain't doing no frame perfect movements yeah it ain't happening I'm trying to think of what games i had for the original game boy like ninja turtles dude the og tetris. turtle tetris was obviously a big tetris one. i still have a blade here in my room and a pokemon blue for the game boy color like, i remember like those are all my nightstand i remember being down the shore and finding pokemon blue in between the couch cushion someone had left it there Right. And that was like, phew, that was it. I mean, that was so big when that came out. You know, and then the cards and then yep. you know, the show. And yep. Then you had all the, you know, the knockoffs, the Digimon and the, yep. all that stuff. Digimon. I like the Digimon cartoon show better than Pokemon. Mm. I did. They got trippy. Definitely got trippy. Ah. Uh, but yeah. You know, you, you get a pack of Pokemon cards and then you get like, what what were the uh, the special ones? Like they had a name for them. Special Pokemon cards with like the oh like the hollows hologram holographic holographic yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you know. And guys, like I know a guy that I went to school with. He stills like he's in his thirties and he's like trading high end Pokemon cards for like a ton of money. Yeah, no, I mean Pokemon cards, Magic the Gathering cards, like those collectible card games from like when, that came out like when we were little. Nowadays, like, let's not lie, like, kids can't afford half of them. Right. Like, I mean, you know, it's 10 bucks for a pack of five or something. Mm -hmm. Like, like yo, what kid got money for that? Yeah. You know? It's classic, like, even, like, with, you know, computer systems. Like, again, think about, like, what it takes now to have, like, a good computer system to play high-end computer games. Oh, yeah. A couple, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Three, four degrees. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a high school kid that's buying a 4090. You know it. Yeah. You know, you, okay. Maybe daddy's buying it for you, but like, it's not like the old days 
Where like you didn't need the the top of the line stuff to play the games. Right. Yeah. Back in like when you go to Blockbuster and run a game for a week and just just smash it. That was the best. Right. And it meant something. Again, this is kind of a theme in this episode. Yeah. It meant something because you you know you did some chores around the house. You got your five bucks together. You rode you rode your bike to Blockbuster. Yep. You look you know you spent all the time looking at the back of the cases. Yep. What am I going to spend my money on? Yep. And you know you got it for like a week. Yeah. So you're like, I only got it for a week. I'm going to play it all day. Yeah. You know, just smash it. And that was, you know, you didn't have no YouTube. You couldn't look up like, any guides. You didn't mm-hmm. have any aids. You might be able to buy like the Nintendo Power magazine. But like then again, like you have to spend the money to buy it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to rent the game or you're going to get the magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a meaningful experience. Yeah. Which is lost now, I think, with streaming and the. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can get any game you want in three seconds. Well, it's like a game I've been playing now on like the the online PlayStation Store is uh the OG Medieval, mm-hmm. and it's a puzzle game. Like when that first came out, I had that on PS One. Like that was a brutal game because you didn't have no guides, so you're trying to figure out these puzzles how to get like out of this level, and it's like, because like someone you got to flip a switch, then you got to go to the other side of the level, flip a switch, and then you got to push this boulder over this button, and then you go back to the original switch, flip it back, and then you can leave. It's like, yeah, you figure that out as a kid without a guide or yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Maybe that's a good spot to wrap it. Yeah, that's a good one. You figure that out without a guide. <laughs> Do meaningful things. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been a blast. Father D, hopefully we'll catch you again soon. And Brother Will. Peace.